hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Long about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 61. I'm Trevor Long from Your Tech Life, and joining me each and every week, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. How are you going? Mate, great to be here once again, and uh, lots to talk about. I mean, in fact, a whole stack of things and some really interesting stuff this week, and it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Two Blokes Talking Tech, thanks to Netgear. Let's get straight into it. <music> Yeah, we went along on, uh, geez, was it Monday night this week to uh, to see Adobe launch officially their Creative Suite 6, and you had some time uh, the week before just looking at the product in depth before the launch. You know, I've been using Adobe products for a very long time, Adobe Photoshop, um, Adobe Premiere much more recently, and Adobe Audition. Uh, you're talking photos, editing, video editing, and audio editing there, um, and I, I just find them to be best in class without any doubt. Now, the problem with the Adobe Creative Suite, as it's called, is the, the cost. There's abs- and You know what? Adobe would admit that. Not that cheap. it's a problem, yes. but this is a thousands of thousands of dollar product. You know, if you buy the top end, it's it's four or five thousand dollars. If you're it's buying three thousand nine hundred and forty nine, to be if, precise. If you're buying just the basic, you know, one or two apps, it's it's still a very expensive thing. So, mate, we'll talk about the products, but mm. the one thing that's really exciting here is the membership based model which allows you to basically pay per month a very reasonably small amount comparative to the overall cost of the product for everything that's right yeah well the the creative cloud they're calling it it's everything's going up into the cloud everyone's mm. got a service and adobe's no different now the their creative cloud has got a, a couple of uh, advantages one which you just mentioned it kind of it, it spreads the cost horizontally rather than vertically so rather than you paying up front for your you know three thousand nine forty nine for the top of the line master collection mm. you can spread that out with either a uh, a 62.95 i think if you take a year contract or 94 dollars 99 if you want to pay per month yeah. but the other advantage of that is not only are you getting everything, you're getting the latest version of everything. Exactly. But because it's up in the cloud too, like the they've really uh, they've thrown in all the touch apps as well, so all the uh, tablet apps for yep. all the programs are, are are thrown into that deal. So if you want to start a project on the iPad, for example, it's, you may have you may be sketching something or trying to you might have got an idea and you chances are you're going to have your tablet with you. Hmm. So what you can do is you can start that project then if you've got an idea rather than writing on the back of a napkin, you can start the project on a tablet, save it up to the cloud. Then when you get back to your desk, you can save it back down to the actual application, then continue. So um, that that's another advantage of the Creative Cloud apart from spreading the cost out for as long as you want. Oh, I think you're, you've nailed it 100%. The, the thing that, that will attract people to it is the cost. I, I don't doubt that people will go, oh, wow, that's kind of hard to argue with. 
But yep. really, in terms of workflows and the different aspects of it that, that can be utilized in terms of using the cloud, also just generally in terms of application installation, you know, you, you've got it on potentially multiple devices because it, it knows who you are and you're basically just logging on to use it. Your, yep, your authorization right. it's a, it's a subscription slash membership. I think it's got you, best of both of those. Your authorization is not a key, a big complex key anymore. It's, it's just you. It's you and your username and your password, which is really, really exciting. Now, you know, outside of the, the model in terms of how they're trying to sell this thing into creatives and, uh, and, and, you know, this is the thing. It's more than just creative houses now. There's, you know, everyday people using Photoshop and, and Audition and totally. Premiere to do but editing for, for YouTube and the like. So, the- One thing too, just while we're just to, hmm. about the creative cloud though, is that you've got to remember that this is a product that's bought often by, uh, by design companies. Hmm. So there's... I'm just interested to see how are they going to have like a group deal where you need you, you need to buy a mem- cloud membership for every single member of staff. I think mm. these are the things that people are going to ask about you know, down the track. Rather than uh, I know it's easy for one person to get their cloud membership, but if you've got a studio full of graphic designers, you might have twenty people on staff. That's something that I think they're going to have to look at as well. Hopefully, might there might be I think there might be a group deal, a group license deal down mm. the track, but. Um, that wasn't really made clear at the start there, but yeah, I, maybe we I should talk right. about the actual product itself, Trevor. Well, the, the, and look, there are some. There, there's a million different things you can talk about. Photoshop itself had something like 600 improvements, but you know, just really basic things. And I saw some really stunning stuff being demonstrated the other night in Adobe Premiere, which is the video editing. Some you know, real absolute live um, type. Uh, tools in there so you know yeah, putting they text did in front of us remember they they were yeah. they, they took the shakes out of a video you know the the, the shutter of a video which is normally you know, the, a plug-in to get for yeah. any any good video editing thing so taking the shakes out putting text into videos and actual graphics and motion and things which are normally what, what add-on programs the, the in photoshop the how they edited a video in photoshop like you know how that people using these top-end digital slrs now and they all shoot video mm. so rather than you have to exit out of the photoshop if you've got a bit of video that you captured on your slr you can stay in photoshop and that, that video didn't know how good did that look that looked really slick mate it's see video editing with respect to video editors isn't isn't rocket science it's all about just laying stuff together and understanding how you want it to flow now the the thing about adobe is they have all those flow tools so how the how the the, the transitions occur how you you lay graphics over and because you're in photoshop you can actually use photoshop effects in your video, and then you can use Photoshop to do the text and the graphics on the video. But obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a limited um, possibility. You're not going to make movies in Photoshop. You're always going to use Adobe Premiere for that, which still you know all have been enhanced. You know, little things, um, little things like they had a um, a, a, a smart. Um, very very smart tools in Photoshop. Um, last version, Photoshop five or Creative yeah, content, 5. the content aware, content tool, aware. Yeah, so. Those things have been improved dramatically. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, they've brought the vector tools from um, Adobe Illustrator into Photoshop because they know that the engine that that does that is better and more powerful. It's really right. interesting. Um, some of the things <laughs> I thought the funniest thing was when when um, uh, was it Michael Stoddart was um, presenting the, 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 the thing in a very quick flow presentation. <laughs> he said, we've made it easier to draw a rectangle. <laughs> and it actually, he actually got a round of applause for that from the, from the design <laughs> crowd. Quite funny. I, I like, in Photoshop too though, there's little things where like he gave a great example of moving a person on a photo. Yeah. Yep. And that, like, he, he did explain the fact that if you do select a, a, an object, you clip it out and move that person or object, there's nothing actually behind them. Mm, but because mm. of the content-aware new feature, it actually fills it in automatically, which is quite a breakthrough for Photoshop. But on the publishing side, I thought it was really interesting the fact that they're obviously embracing 
tablet publishing to tablets. Yeah. And obviously people are pr- pr- publishing and designing magazines not just to be printed but to be viewed on an Android tablet or an iPad. And I thought it was really, really clever how you could, uh, on the screen, see how the layout would, would change from landscape to horizontal. It was almost automated how they could do that, which – that's just a huge breakthrough for publishers. It is, and you know, Adobe Dreamweaver is a is a really powerful product. They bought Dreamweaver years ago, and and have incorporated into the suite because they know that web development is a big part of the creative um, creative process these days. Look, bottom line, um, it, it's a brand new version, and every single product in the Creative Suite Wayne Suite range has been updated. Um, you know, in 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 small or in in large part. And uh, it's it's a compelling opportunity at a membership-based subscription model, and um, which takes away that bite at the front end. And I got to tell you, it's it's got me thinking from day one. I nearly got home. In fact, I yeah. got home and immediately signed in to make sure I was eligible for the for the for the <laughs> yeah. one-year um, deal. Because if you've got an existing license, you you, you can upgrade and, and get the yep. deal slightly better for the first year. So there's some real incentives for existing it's users. Significant upgrade. They're, they're saying this is the this is the. They may say this every time they release it, but hmm. this time they're saying this is the most the biggest upgrade the most significant upgrade that they've ever done to the creative suite yeah, you can check it all out, in, including a really comprehensive review um, from Stephen, who did uh, a, a workshop with the Adobe team uh, at Tech Guide. Under a strict embargo, by the way, too, I might add. Of course, but you didn't break it, so we're all under control. Everyone relax. <laughs> at, and all that's all available at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, it's, uh, it is the season of the smart TV mm. continues, Trevor, and uh, the latest uh, company to put their best foot forward was Sony earlier this week, and it was quite a bold declaration from Sony, oh. which is uh, good to see they're getting a bit aggressive, uh, yep. Sony. They've, 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 they've got a lot of good products uh, in the roadmap, and I liked how Carl Rose, who's the uh, Sony Australia Managing Director, mm. has come out and declared the new Bravia HX850 LCD, which is their hero product. Mm. He's called it the smart TV to beat in 2012. <laughs> so that's really throwing down the gauntlet to those other manufacturers. Uh, Sony have uh, try, obviously trying to return to their days of glory. Where they've, they've united the company now with obviously you can access content and all these things across all their products. So them putting this uh, their new smart TVs into the market, I think this one comes out next month. It's going to be interesting to see the battle between all these big companies now that LG, Samsung, Panasonic, and now, uh, and Sony have now all thrown their product into the market. See, interesting to see who's going to win that battle. But Carl Rose certainly has drawn a line in the sand. Good on them too. I love the fact that they bring that on. And look, I got to tell you, it's very hard when you. I mean, LG do beautiful TVs, but Samsung, I think, do the best looking TVs broadly. But Sony just have something on everyone, right? The 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 way they do the frameless look, which you know, if you haven't seen a Sony Bravia, you've just got to go and have a look because what they do is they basically put the Gorilla Glass, which is what it is. It's a nice uh, nice nice glass finish on the front, but it goes from edge to edge, and the and the frame that you would normally have kind of around it is actually behind. The glass essentially, yeah. and, and it just a monolithic design when the thing is off, let alone on, it just looks stunning. And and the thing they've also done is they've they've gone back to I know they didn't lose it, but they've gone back to that kind of flat plate, you know, Sony TV sits on it, just like an iPad kind of docks sometimes. Um, design I think that that flat stand design is, is quite quite magnificent, um, for Sony, and it really does stand out if you've got that kind of. Um, uh, entertainment unit look where you're not putting it on the wall, you're actually sitting it on something. These yeah. things, these things are more than just TVs now. They're they're parts of your uh, they're parts of your interior design. 
Absolutely, and, and they were very quick to point out, of course, that it's a it's a connected device. So the HX eight hundred and fifty has built in Wi Fi, so it'll connect you to the Sony Entertainment Network, mm-hmm. which includes all the music, movie downloads, uh, and, and also some catch up TV services. Uh, a couple of I think a day before they announced the uh, the HX eight hundred and fifty. They also announced the fact that they were the first and still only TV to include Channel 10's mm. catch-up TV service. So uh, that, that, in, that, that joins their existing uh, catch-up TV services from uh, Yahoo 7, SBS and ABC iView. So yep. they're the only company to have all of those services in one. Apps, of course, you'll be able to use Skype, Facebook and Twitter uh, on there as well. So, yeah, it's... Uh, They've stepped really raised the bar in the smart TV market, I think. Over the coming months, we'll uh, pay attention to uh, techguide.com.au and see whether having the Sony Bravia, the Samsungs, the LGs in the, uh, in the Tech Guide labs there uh, will, uh, will prove to be the TV to beat or not. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Uh, big news today, as we record on, on Wednesday, is that uh, Google have announced uh, Google Drive and uh, once again dudded all the people who pay them for their products like me and made it unavailable to them from day one. And I'm happy to say that because I think it's just filthy. I pay them, you know, 100 bucks a year to be part of their, you know, Gmail apps service and I don't even get things like this first. It's very annoying. But don't you get your – don't you – your, isn't your account storage on Gmail been expanded as a result if you do decide to get Google Drive? Uh, well, see, I pay I pay for 25 gig as it is. Ah. You see, I pay 50 bucks a year per account for, fit for 25 gig um, of space in my Google Apps account. But anyway, we digress. The, the, what they've announced is basically a Google Cloud, and they're calling it Google yes. Drive. I actually Google think it's Drive, a Drive, very misleading name, don't you reckon, Trevor? I thought they were releasing some kind of car or some in-car product. Well, and the other thing is it was, it was rumored to be called the G Drive, and you know I, I think the G Drive is actually a better name because it, it, people it the think... G Spot, maybe, too. Well, let's maybe not go there. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, a, the A and the B Drives used to be your floppy, the C used to be your hard drive, and, and kind of D and E are always your, 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 your CD drives. The, yeah. I, I, I think they should own the, the letter G and, and you know make it the G drive on your computer to the point where I'm sure they'll have apps that'll make it an actual G drive in a sense on a, on a Windows sure. computer. But essentially, it's a cloud-based system where you can you know store files, folders, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you, you start off with a free account that gives you five gigabytes. And you know there's a bit of competition in this market. You know I've got a Dropbox account, and I find it very hard to move away from that because it's it's a nice, easy-to-use thing that integrates, and I don't need Absolutely. to stress about integration with products. It's just a place to store files. Um, and I can share that really easily collaboratively. Um, yep. you Don't know, forget uh, Microsoft's Microsoft SkyDrive Sky as well. That's out there too. So there's a bit of competition in the cloud nowadays. Yeah, there is. So, I mean, look, I think, it's, I think they had to be in this space. The question is how easy they make it um, in terms of integration. The Google's problem, Google's problem over the years has been, especially recently, they kind of assume that everyone's like them and using you know, Google Docs to, to type in and Google yeah. whatever spreadsheets to, to do Excel. But you know what? People aren't. People are still using Microsoft Office in, in the office heavily. And if you want to integrate, you actually have to make it integrate with those products. And sure. that's the way you'll get the best cut but through they, on these cloud they, products. They did need a point of difference, though. I think what, what, what they were claiming uh, as part of their sell of the, of the Google Drive was, the, was the, the searchable options, too. Mm, yeah, oh, definitely. So you can obviously search through uh, your documents. But even that, they said you could even, it'll even recognize, the search will even recognize text that's contained within yeah. a scanned document. So say, for OCR. example, I've scanned the front page of the newspaper and saved it as, a, as an image or a mm. PDF. Uh, they've got uh, 
Google has OCR, optical character recognition, to even search through those files as well. So that's that's a good point search, of difference. The search strength of Google's uh, coming through on Google Drive. They have they, to use it. Yeah, the, um, that's, that's a big point of difference for them uh, against everyone else. So anyway, Google Drive, it's available uh, now as a, as a product. Uh, you go to drive.google.com and you'll find out there whether you're um, in the in the short list or the long list and um, you click a button and it'll send you an email when they're ready. The Google Drive from, obviously, Google. Two blokes talking tech is thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, the place to go to uh, find out how to connect with innovation in your home or small business. And uh, as I've said before, one of the really great things they're doing is making available Wi-Fi products that uh, can actually enhance your network. Now, the first level of that is actually having a good quality router on your network that distributes your internet to, to all your devices as needed, but can do that in, in multiple ways. So making sure that the uh, the devices that need the internet at a, at a specific speed, so for example, your your streaming television things, get that in a, in a protected layer, a dual band setup. But also if you've got a dead spot in your house where you've just Wi-Fi is not working that great, you can extend your Wi-Fi network to that area with a very small, very affordable and very simple to use Wi-Fi range extender from Netgear. And I encourage you to check them out at uh, netgear.com.au for all the latest in uh, networking and uh, some big things happening in networking over the next uh, six months with a, a new networking standard coming out, uh, wireless N um, will be superseded by wireless something else, uh, NAC or AC, but Netgear will be at the forefront of all that. Netgear.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we spoke recently about uh, Instagram's mm. new uh, or the, the fact that they were acquired by Facebook. I know you were very pleased to hear that news, a billion dollars yeah. to Instagram. Uh, but one one thing that's occurred recently, some very sh- a shrewd Russian cyber criminal <laughs> has actually gone to the trouble of creating a fake Instagram app to capture this whole buzz around the the app, which had only just been released on Android, by the way. It was originally mm. just for iPhone. Uh, when it was released on Android, it, all hell broke loose, and they had, I think, like a million downloads in the first 12 hours. Mm. So this shrewd Russian businessman set, a, set up a site that actually was uh, – claiming to be the real deal, yep. was actually obviously a fake Instagram app. And what it would do, people who downloaded to their Android smartphone, it would install on their device and also install malicious install malicious software that would, uh, the effect would be that it would send out premium SMS messages on your behalf. Now, we all know premium SMS messages cost a lot of money. They also cost money to send, not just to receive. So this guy's uh, trying to build up the bank account and you you sending out these SMSs probably without you knowing it if you've downloaded the fake app. You know, and this there's a couple of things here. The first warning is it just proves that on, um, on open platforms like Android, you do have to be protected and there are solutions from all the big antivirus companies to, to help you with that. But also it proves that you really shouldn't be downloading anything off the internet directly. If it's not in the Google Play Store, um, don't download it. But also, here's the problem. The Google Play Store is a very open environment. This bloke theoretically could have put it in there, but I guess hopefully he would have been well, it shut have down. Wouldn't have been called Instagram though. No, yeah. but it, well, but here's the thing: there's no check and balance. I've uploaded apps to, to Google Play Store. There's no check and balance. It would it would probably only be there for a very short time under a wrong name or with a virus in it. But it can happen. So that's one of the big issues with the Google need to address with the Google Play Store. 
But um, most important message from me, the, the two messages are don't download things off websites uh, on your Android phone. Download them from the Google Play Store. And, and secondly, look for um, security software for your Android phone. It's available from all the big companies and, uh, and well worth investing in. It's- this was actually pointed out by one of those software companies, which was Sophos, uh, were the ones yeah. who discovered uh, this little threat here yeah. and quickly put out an alert for everybody. So beware, take care, but uh, Instagram is still a big hit all over the internet on Android and iOS. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we've both got on our hands on a little product that's very interesting. I- I've got to be honest, I find it intriguing. It's it's an iPhone cover, which is you know obviously all well and good to you know there's plenty of iPhone covers out there and yeah this one's got an extended life battery on it as well so you can pump up the battery life of, of your iPhone but it's a very big and, and and chunky device that once you whack it around your iPhone it actually becomes a security device and you get a little keychain with it that allows you to if you walk too far away from your phone if it's armed it'll actually beep on the keychain so you know that you've left it behind you or if you're sitting there and someone happens to nick it off you and walk away it'll beep and off you go yeah i mean it's a very simple concept that um that really if if you've got an enterprise level kind of um security need let alone just an average joe who you know maybe is prone to losing phones or leaving them behind very simple very very simple device um to to beat that problem Absolutely, yeah. I think if you're gonna you're gonna leave your phone in the back of a cab, you might have had a big night. This thing could save you save your career if mm. uh, if there's some sensitive information on your phone. But I like the fact that it's it's several products in one. It's obviously mm. the case has a built-in battery, so you can charge your yep. your iPhone battery. But I also like too that because there's this little fob that that is, connects to the uh, the iPhone case when they're separated by a certain distance, the alarm goes off. Mm. But what happens too? You can actually use it to find your keys. So if you've got the fob connected to your keys, you can't find the keys, you can use the free app that goes with this app, this accessory, and uh, send out a little signal to the fob, and it'll sound an alarm. So you can actually, uh, you can actually locate it in your home or office if you you misplace them. It's kind of like those old those old uh, key rings from the eighties where you used to whistle and they used to whistle back so you could find them. <laughs> Look, it's it's a really simple device that um, that that um, I, I got to say is, is logical in in every way, shape, and form. And the really exciting thing, and I, I don't discourage you from getting this one, but the really exciting thing is, you know, later this year they'll be able to bring this out with basically no need for a cover because the way Bluetooth's going to operate, um, you'll be able to actually just install an app and, and the and the keychain will react to it via Bluetooth and you won't need to put the whole cover and everything on. Yeah. And that's going to be but really you'd be exciting. You'd be set on the battery charge without the cover, but I yeah, suppose it's uh, true. But that, each to their own, I suppose. It's good that they're giving us choices. Exactly. So um, it's just another great little product from Kensington. They do they do so many bloody things. And I, I don't know about you, but when I caught up with them, I spent bloody an hour talking about all the different things. I could have, could have talked for two hours. Yes, you know, you talked to Sam Goldstein. Big shout out to him at Kensington. We I think we met him. Very, we, we, I met him on the Monday. You met him on the Tuesday. So he had an overdose of the two blokes in two days. You know what I love about a bloke like Sam? He's just so passionate about the product. And, <laughs> and um, you know, I'd kind of forgotten, and I think most people would if you use a Kensington, you know, a stylus pen or a Kensington cover for your iPad or your iPhone or whatever, you kind of forget that Kensington is... The Kensington Lock. This is the this is the company that came up with the concept of you know locking and and securing laptops to desks and you know there's now products like that for the iPad and stuff like that. So you know for a company like that to be continually evolving, it's really exciting to watch and it's it's interesting to me because 
I see how short the the product life cycle can be. You know, they can come up with an idea, execute it within weeks, and and have the product in stores within a very short number of months, yeah. and you know, determine the success of the product from directly retail st- sales. It's such a big change to the way technology and 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 accessories to technology used to operate. Totally. Yes. Kensington, anyway, Kensington. Wide, very wide range of products too. Very impressive, and not only for the uh, the iPhone. They've also got a huge Android. range of uh, tablet products for like cases, keyboard cases yep. that that can work with Android tablets as well as the iPad. So they're looking after everybody. And there. you can read more about the Kensington's Bungie Air, Bungie Air at techguide.com.au. Now. The new Mission Impossible movie, mm. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, has just been released on Blu-ray and DVD. Now, I don't know whether you've seen this film, Trevor, but there's no. uh, there's a few that appear like appear to be some very far-fetched gadgets. Of course, in that's the show. The, that's the point of the movies. That's right. But uh, I, I had some uh, fun actually doing a bit of research and looking into a couple of these gadgets. And you know what? There are some that are actually closer to reality than really? you think. Let's talk about two of them. There's four that I've mentioned in my story, but there's two that I'll, we'll have a quick chat about mm-hmm. now. One of them is the contact lenses with the heads-up display. No. Heads-up display is usually seen, I think the most common place you see heads-up display is in a car where information's projected yep. on the windscreen so you don't have to take your eye off the road. How would you now, focus film, on a contact one of, lens? One of the guys in the film has got these pair of contact lenses on, so when he sees somebody, it identifies them. So in his eye line, he sees who they are and all the information about them. Uh, seems pretty far-fetched, but actually a team of engineers from the US and Finland have ac- have created a pair of contact lenses that can do that, that can put up a uh, display in front of your eyes. How would you focus on a contact lens? I have no idea, but one thing that they did, though, the only downside of it is the fact that you need a, a power source quite close to it. So <laughs> it's a dead giveaway if you've got these heads-up display contacts on because you've got this massive power pack hanging over your ear. So it's, it's, uh, it might, if you are spying on someone, they think a big, the big thing over your ear may be the dead giveaway. So you need, need a pair of glasses that has a battery built in and a wire going into your contact lens, which defeats the purpose of having a contact lens because you've got glasses exactly. on. It's genius. Right. No, but, but the point being, it's, it's, it, these things, given another few years and the evolution of power consumption or power delivery, very interesting stuff. Absolutely, yeah. And one of the most exciting scenes in the film, for those who haven't seen it, I'm not giving it any away, but Tom Cruise's character scales the world's tallest building, mm-hmm. which is the Burj Khalifa in, in Dubai. And he does it using these special pair of electronic gloves. And what those gloves do is they create, they, t- they turn him into Spider-Man. He can actually grip flat surfaces mm. using these adhesion gloves. Mythbusters now, tried this. Well, there's a company called SRI International. There's a link to their website from uh, the story on Tech Guide that have actually are working on electro adhesion technology. And what it does, it's it's kind of like the concept is: Have you ever like rub rub a balloon, create a lot of static energy on a balloon? So rub it on your hair, hmm. and it creates a lot of static energy. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then you'll find that the balloon can stick to things, like it sticks to the wall. Yep, yep. definitely. They're using that obviously on a grander scale, and they're testing it with using robots, heavier robots, and things like that. So it, it just seems out there at the moment. But this, it, like you said, in a few years' time, we could all be just climbing around the place like Spider-Man using our SRI international gloves and our SMS. Forget Google goggles or what a Google glasses, whatever it's called. Our SMS is just going to appear on our eyeballs. 
That's it. Yes, that's... while we're climbing the side of buildings. All right. So that's a couple of the Mission Impossible. Um, what's it called? Ghost Protocol gadgets Ghost Protocol, that uh, yes. Stephen has investigated at techguide.com.au. The gloves, the, the contact lenses, and you've got a couple others. The magnetic there's, there's, yeah, there's a magnetic suit levitation and, suit. And the concept BMW, all at techguide.com.au. I, um, I, I think we talked a few weeks ago about Logitech's um, new Air, AirPlay speaker system, and I, I kind of said I just love the fact they're doing really nice-looking products, and they're, they're push- it's kind of like Kensington. They're pushing out really good products, and, and, and quickly, they came out last week with a quick announcement that, um, that a new Logitech ultra-thin keyboard cover for the iPad would be available. Now, the existing Logitech keyboard cover for the iPad is one of the most popular. It's a hard-shell case that you, you put your iPad face down into the case so that it's protected front and back. But um, but the back of your iPad is kind of the back of this this cover. Then and you take it out and you sit the iPad um, into the into the keyboard and it's a strong physical keyboard. Well, this new ultra thin keyboard it's going to be one hundred and twenty nine bucks. It's going to read. It's going to be available here um, sometime in May or June. Um, they're saying um, mid to late June, sorry. Um, this thing actually looks like another iPad, and, and it's basically oh. like putting two iPads screen to screen, but when you open it up, it uses the smart cover technology, so the magnets activate and you, your iPad turns on, and bingo, there's your keyboard. And oh. it's, it's connected to the iPad via the smart cover um, connection. So it's okay, a so really it's a wireless, nice... It's actually a physical connection? Uh, it's a little dock, is it? Well, it's it's like a dock that because it, it's it's clipped on, um, it stays clipped on. But then you literally just pull it apart like you would your smart cover, and you you dock the iPad into the keyboard. But it's very thin, um, but it's still a good physical keyboard. It's just the fact that it kind of when you carry it around, you're fully protecting the screen. It, it's using the smart cover magnets to open up and turn on, and then bingo, you plug it in and off you go. And, and it fits and it uses, all the the new iPad as well. Uh, yes, it fits the new and the and the and the iPad too. And I, I believe. That it uses a the, the smart cover technology to actually activate the keyboard as well, so it kind of turns the keyboard on at the same time. So 129 bucks. It's a really good keyboard. Um, I think keyboards are going to be a really useful accessory more and more in the future because so many people are buying iPads now, um, and most of them are realizing it, it does need a keyboard if you want to you do some serious type, stuff. Yes. So check it out. Um, there's, there's a there's a whole stack about it at Logitech, but the Logitech Ultra Thin Keyboard Cover for iPad coming in June. Now, mate, very quickly to wrap up, and um, we could talk about this for ages, but we've only, we've only got a minute left. But just tell me about these um, stats today that are giving us projections about the growth of 4G here in Australia. Yeah, yeah technology analysts tell sites. Uh, they, did, they did a little, uh, little bit of uh, analysing, and they think that 4G is obviously is the, uh, the buzzword in the mobile space mm. at the moment. They're saying that 19% of Australians will be on 4G by 2016, and mm. what they're saying, though, it's interesting, is that that it's mobile broadband that's going to drive the growth because uh, it, it could even replace a lot of it could be alternative to fixed line broadband for a lot mm-hmm. of people. So, yep. uh, yeah, the the there's only 4G is obviously in its infancy at the moment. There's yep. only Telstra on board. I think Optus is going to announce very soon they're going to start in a small area using 4G. Uh, there's only five devices. I think two handsets two mobile devices and a tablet, mobile yep. broadband devices and a tablet. 
But uh, there's going to be a, a lot more by the middle of the year and, and beyond. But um, the growth of 4G is going to continue. The, the 700 megahertz spectrum and the 2500 megahertz spectrum is going to go uh, it's going to up for auction at the end of the year. So operators are going to be in there trying to claim their part of that spectrum, which will be the future 4G networks we'll see and will form part of that 19% that they're saying by 2016. And look, my only criticism or, or question, I guess, about those kind of numbers is there's a difference between people wanting 4G and people just getting it. By 2016, um, so many phones will by default have 4G and your SIM card will be you know, a 4G compatible SIM card. So a lot of people will just get 4G and it'll become the default. But I, I, I absolutely don't doubt that it'll be a, be a huge part of our mobile lives. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's enough. I don't think it's the biggest. Big yeah, they're saying there's going to be more than 7 million 4G units by mid-2016. That's, that's still, what's that? Four years away. It's massive. So I'd say 19% is pretty conservative, to be honest. I thought it would be a lot higher than that. I agree. I think 19% is unders, and uh, we'll have to wait until episode 220 to find out. And that is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 61. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, and thank you to Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au, mate. Thank you very much. Looking forward to next week as well, Trevor. Talk to you then. <laughs>